Hey, Dal's War Room, the Sean Sessions. We are on episode 16, here with Eric Burdett. How's it going? Good, brother. Good morning. And we are here for round three with Sean Jones. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to yep. the War Room. Having fun. All right, so we are going to uh, go in a different direction. We're back here mm -hmm. live with our team again today for a second day in a row. So um, today we're going to go, uh, our sales talk here yesterday was pretty good, and we got a lot of good, uh, good comments and feedback on that. Uh, today we're going to go in a little different, uh, little topic. Get a little okay. bit more, a little more heartfelt on this one, Sean. Okay. Um, basically, you know, selling is one thing, and and going through sales and and you know how to close and everything is definitely art. But there's there's a different side of it, and we talked about this a little bit on our on our war story. But you know, when you really get into getting into the house and selling, and we talked to the differences a lot about Rainbow and different products and stuff like that. But there's a really different side to to business and and to success i think in general mm -hmm. and a lot of that comes down to just the 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 emotions that people go through we talked a little bit about you know on the war story we talked a little bit about just kind of like you know getting through the highs and the lows and kind of what you have to yeah. do to to kind of show up and be successful and what makes one person successful versus one person yep. not and i think there's just some different things that you know we want to go over today we had some questions about you know what happens when you you know, on the days when you're just kind of down and, and do you ever listen to the, to Yako's podcast? Um, mm -mm. He talks a little bit about uh, the days when you don't feel like showing up yeah. and the days when, you know, this guy's like an ex Navy SEAL, he's a badass, uh -huh. you know, and he talks about the days when you just, you know, what do you do when you don't feel like the days when you don't feel like going to the gym, you don't yeah. feel like hammering the project, you don't feel like, like, what do you do? And he just talks about how you just go through the motions, you show up anyway yeah. and you just go. Yeah. Um, Cause there are those days where you just don't feel like you're not feeling. And I'm sure, you know, in your career too, you have days where you just, you, you're not feeling it, but you still have to do it. Yep. And you know, sometimes it's just a day and he talks in, in his little spiel on that about how, when you feel like just not doing it. And, he's, yeah. and he basically says like, don't, don't take today off. Mm -hmm. And he said, if you put off that procrastination today, he's like, chances are it was just a moment of weakness and tomorrow you won't feel like taking that day off. And you kind of just work yourself through that moment yeah, of weakness and, and you push through. Which yeah. is, so he just kind of says like, don't take today. And then chances are tomorrow it's good again. Mm -hmm. But we always have those moments and they come. And, and a lot of times it could be a situation where something bad happens to us. Mm -hmm. Okay. It could be maybe loss in the family. Yeah. It could be a fight with a spouse. Yeah. You know, you talked about, um, you know, some of the, the three things is, is, that, that helps us, you know, fail. It could be mm -hmm. relationships, you know, mm -hmm. love, right? Mm -hmm. you, you talk pretty deep about love. Uh, we talked about addictions, different things like yep. that. So when some of these demons hit you, some yep. of these things hit you, I mean, what are some of the things in the, the short moments, what are some of the things that can help you really, you know, kind of just push through those moments? Like I'm talking about like you wake up in the morning on the wrong side of the bed and you and the spouse get into a, a pissing match and you're going on a demo in 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. I mean, what are the kind of things that just help you get your, your mind right and, and get things in not so much in the long term, but just in that short term, like what are, what are some of the things you can do to kind of reset, to, to get things on track, to, to, just to get the day straight, you know what well, I'm saying? Well, by no means I'm even close to being um, <laughs> great at that, let's just say. But um, I, I will say this. Uh, again, the other day I was saying all I'm trying to do in my life is become a better version of me for me, mm -hmm. for other people, okay? Um, but it, there's something that I realized that took me a little bit of a while to realize is it's not um, if some catastrophe happens, it's when, mm -hmm. okay? We're all going to have issues. We all have stories. We all, it's not if, 
It's when. What I realized that took me a long time to realize is it's what you do when you're getting beat down is what determines what kind of person you are. It's like what I always tell people is people always say, well, you know, uh, I use this analogy. When am I ready to become a distributor? I said there's three C's involved, character, capital, and confidence. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, And I'm going to talk about the character part. If you had to define character, Eric, what would you define character as? Your personality. Okay. And the best one I've ever heard my entire life is what you do when no one's looking. Right. Okay. Which means when the curtains are drawn and nobody's around, what you do at that time is the definition of your true character. So through time, and you're a young guy, you're you're in your 20s, and, and I'm 49, right? And Dallas is 52, something like get that. Get out of here. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so, um, but I think the longer, this is why people always say you get wise. Um, you know, what happens is you just go through the crap. How about mm-hmm. that, right? You just deal with so much crap. It's like I was saying earlier, how many crap sandwiches are you willing to eat to get to where you want to get to, right? If I had to tell you all the crap sandwiches I've been through, people would just drop their jaw. The only difference between me and you is I just never quit, even though I probably, my brain told me a billion times that you should quit. I mean, how many times have your brain told you that you should quit this business, but yet here I still am? Okay, this happens all the time. So it's not if adversity is going to happen, it's when. That's that's step one, I would say, Dallas. I know that. Yeah. There's going to be catastrophes. There's going to be issues. There's going to be deaths. There's going to be ish problems with my family and problems with me. You know, what I try to do is just keep myself strong. So not being shocked when this stuff is happening. No. I think just preparing yeah. for the fact, like like not being in a doomsday sort of way, yeah. going like, oh, this is just going to happen. But yeah. but also not being like like caught off guard that it, you know, just being able to say, okay, this happened. Yep. I mean, understanding. How am things. I going to react? Yeah. And yeah. then and then preparing for the, that reaction. Okay. And, you know, not being too shocked about it. And then just putting yourself into that mental preparedness of, okay, this happened now. Yeah. How are we going to deal with that? Yeah. Right. And because, you know, like a couple of years ago was the first time in a long time my mom passed away. And uh, it was it was it was hard on me because I was very close with my mom. Right? right. But I also realize is I have limited time. We have limited time with each other. Right. And that that's just part of life. It's the circle of life. Right. And so I, I, I took a little bit of time to grieve. And by the way, my grieving was probably two days. Yeah. Okay. And I was back to work. Yeah. Okay. Cause that's just, you know, and again, I miss her. I love her. I tell her every day I love her and I miss her and I think about her and stuff like that. But yeah. look, you know, I still thank God every single day that I had 47 or eight, no, 47 years, 47 and a half years of my life with that amazing woman. And yeah. I thank God every day that I had that. Yeah. So I'm not just going, Oh my gosh. And some people usually go off the deep end when something major happens. Yeah. So when you have specific okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm a dealer. I need to do 60 demos a month. Um, And how am I going to do 60 demos a month? I plan it very well. I would do this. I would say, okay, I'm going to do this many demos a week. You know, it's like my best month in business as a dealer was 24 sales. Yeah. Okay. And people say, well, God, how did you sell 24? And I know people have done more than that, but I did, by the way, I did like 48 demos just so you know. And by the way, the most demos I ever did, I think was 70 demos and I didn't sell 24. I sold 24 when I did 48 demos because that's when I got really good at selling yeah, yeah. and understood the, the thing. But my point is, um, 
when I did that, I, I had it completely planned out. And this is something that I try to explain to everybody. It's like, and I heard somebody say this every day, the other day, um, I took every demo they gave me. Okay. I worked six days a week and every demo that they gave me, I would, I don't care. I didn't ask where the demo is. Who it's with? Yeah, I, just I did. I just go, yeah, I just and I had to trick my brain because your brain messes with you. You know mm-hmm. that, right? It tells you, oh, you can't do that. Oh, I hope they're not home. Or yeah, what yeah. if you drive all the way there and they cancel? These are mind games that your own brain talks to you. Those two inner voices, mm-hmm. and so I recognize that, right? And and that's what allows me to keep going. So I I try to meditate every day. And that is a tough thing for me because my brain is always going. And I do it when I'm in the shower, okay? Yeah. Because it's when the water's hitting me. Anyways, it's, calming, yeah. it's just calming. Yep. Um, and then I focus on what I'm going to do for that day. Um, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get this done and this is what I'm going to do. And do I have situations that happen? Absolutely. Okay? And the only difference is this, <laughs> the only difference is, is this. And what I try to tell people is tough times don't last, tough people do. Right. I never forget reading that. Tough times don't last. Tough people do. A lot of people have situation. I try to do certain things in my life to stop the negative things from happening. Right. Okay. But negative things do happen. How you react to it. And I also, this is a big one, Dallas. Everything that happens to me happens to me for a reason. And in some of you guys that are listening to this, know if you know me, I try to teach you this because I know what it's like to be you because I was your age, Eric. And like I told you a little bit ago, you remember we were talking about money. I said, dude, go get index funds, put $500 a month away, $200 a month away, whatever it is, and just start investing because you're young and you have the time now. Because I've been there, I know what it's like, okay? And you either go, okay, Sean, or okay, here's another older person telling me something, Okay. Um, but what I really try to get people to understand is this, okay? Every single thing that happens to you, Eric, good, bad, ugly, doesn't matter. Everything that's happened happens to you is supposed to happen to you. Don't be reactive. What does that mean? Which means most of the time you become reactive based off of emotion. Don't do that. Pause. What a pleasure. Why is this in my movie come from a giving place? I always say that to people. And that way it helps you think. Yeah. Because, t- look, how many, how many tough things happen to you? Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> and they still happen to well, you, right? And, and I think the thing that's, you know, it's interesting, too, because, like, Jaylene talked a long time ago that her grandma was very close to her. Yeah. And her grandma passed away. And, I mean, at the end of the day, grandmas pass away. Absolutely. This is what happens, right? And. And I mean, but when you lose someone very close to you, I mean, there's two sides. I mean, Jillian was in a training class the next morning. Yeah. And, you know, there's two sides of it. One is that can be a way to cope, mm-hmm. you know, kind of help keep your mind off of mm-hmm. things and stuff. But there's also a drive to like, just, okay, this happened and let's keep going. Mm-hmm. Another good example of that, that we're, we're currently in is watching Mike and what just happened. I mean, he just lost his mom Mm -hmm. and Mike was in his office leading up to it. Mike was in his office after it Mm -hmm. and he didn't um, spend two weeks in bed. And you you look at a lot of it too. And and, and a lot of it comes down to the fact of we we talked about people kind of being built differently. And there are some times where people handle this stuff differently. Mm -hmm. There are times where people do take that, you know, and and this is going to hit some nerves, but there are some times where people 
almost use that as an excuse to yeah. certain times to take tons and tons and tons of time off. Yeah. And, and I think that's where you have to really look at the fact of, I mean, two, two different things is one is what does that person want for your life? Mm-hmm. You know, you talked about losing your mom. Mm-hmm. Did your mom want you? Did your mom want you looking down, wanting you to use her being gone as an excuse for you to Absolutely lay in bed not, for yeah. the next three weeks? Absolutely not. Or did your mom want you to like, your mom wants the best for you. Yep. And your mom would probably not feel all that great knowing that you're laying in bed for three weeks. Correct. Or that her being gone ruined your life. Right. Right. Your mom would want to know that you, you know, that you're okay and that things are good and that, that, that you're going to push forward. So, you know, you have to look at it from that perspective too, that they want the best for you, mm-hmm. but also you have to also not use that as that excuse to all, because this, this, this shit happens, right? You're not going to go through life. If, if you're living on this earth, expecting that no one's going to die, mm-hmm. And that loss isn't going to happen. These things aren't going to happen. I mean, what are you doing? Yeah. Right. So you have to also, you know, and maybe the next day is, I mean, you take your time, take some time that you need to Absolutely. do your thing, Absolutely. but also like, don't use this now as a crutch to, to go. And I mean, and, and there's different losses at different levels, you know, and people handle things at different it's things. It's easy to do you know? though. It's easy to try to find it. I can't remember where I read it. It says, be careful when you're looking for the excuses because when you look hard enough, you'll find it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and my, another one was by Richard Carlson, I think, in, in the book Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, was um, you you either make excuses or you make money, but you can't do both. Yeah. And yeah. and again, I'm not saying that, you know, when you lose somebody, that's different. I'm, yeah. just not, I'm not saying Well, that. and there's losses at different levels. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. there's expected losses yep. and then there's unexpected losses. Yep. I mean, when you're, when you're, you're talking about the loss Great. of an elderly person... This is, to me, is like a more of an expected yes. loss. Or when somebody gets sick and you now know that this is coming and you have, that's completely different than like yeah. the loss of maybe a child. That, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, Now yeah. you're in a different world. That's yeah. something that's okay. This is, yeah. this is something that's like almost uncomprehensible. And that's yeah. a different story. I'm talking about when I'm saying like the excuses, I'm talking about like uh, an elderly parent, a grandparent, yep. something yep. that's expected that you, we know is coming or is expected to come. You know, I'm not talking about accidents or things mm-hmm. that are you know that's a whole different ball game but yeah. i'm talking about like the things that we're expecting to that that we know are coming and, and it's like okay this you know yeah my my 96 year old grandfather passed away well yeah he's 96 yeah. this is going to happen you, you're not going to take six months away from your because because you're mourning over this yeah. you know or something like that so that's just where you have to look but i think the the, the message in that is there's just, there's different people that are built differently and continue to, to push through these things and, and again, like there's people in like, you know, relationship breakups, like there's people in relationship that, you know, you look at some of the terrible things that happen in relationship breakups yeah. versus other people where it's like, okay, like that's, you know, we, we these types of things do happen. Yeah. Right. So I think all in all, it's just, there's, there's a, there's a thing where, you know, you look at the fact that of like some people you look at, I mean, and there's all kinds of things through addictions and through different things where Sometimes people end up in, in addictive situations and, you know, think because of traumatic things. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's, it's not very traumatic things. Mm-hmm. Some, I mean, literally something like a breakout could throw somebody into a tailspin and and they could end up ruining their whole entire lives because of a relationship breakup. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because, again, know? it's like what we said the other day was relation. It, what screws people up faster than anything? Relationships, money, and drugs and alcohol. <laughs> because they can't think straight. Because what happens is you, your your brain gets clouded, your judgments, your reactions, everything becomes off. And so, again, what helped me, Dallas, was to understand that everything happens for a reason and try to look deeper and say to myself, what does the creator want me to learn from this situation? 
What, what is it that I am supposed to learn? Every stinking thing that happens to me, there is a reason for me. So if, if I come in here and all of a sudden Eric is completely mean to me or Eric's saying all this bad stuff on Facebook or all that other stuff about me and, and I become reactive and want to fight back and put on Facebook, well, screw you and all this other stuff, I, I stop. I pause. Yeah. What a pleasure. Okay. Which means I stop and I go, okay, th th thank you for giving me this challenge. Why is this in my movie? Which means why is this in my life? What do I need to learn? Eric is just a pawn. Yeah. Eric is a pawn that the creator is using me to try to help me become a better version of me. Right. So I don't get mad at Eric. It has nothing to do with Eric. Eric is just the pawn. Yeah. Okay. And so again, these are things that I use to control that my thoughts and the decisions that I make, which determine what I do every day. So we said this the other day is your, your philosophy, which means the way you look at things, plus your reactions, plus your actions determine your outcome. So what I try to do is really think about things because guys, negative things happen to me just like you. The only difference between me and you is I just handle them differently. That's the only difference. I still go out and do demos. I still go out and do what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm still, even though I have the same type of struggles. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Definitely. Um, and I mean, and, and the highs and lows are too. I mean, so let's kind of go down there as well too, right? So one of the things I think is, is, is very common in, in our business and people deal with this a lot and you see this, I mean, mm -hmm. I know you see this everywhere. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is somebody who has a big month and we talk about this cause this is mindset. This is a lot of, of stuff, but you see people a lot of times who will go out and, and it's really, it's consistency mm -hmm. and you know, it's thermostats and different things. Someone's going to have a big month, make, $10,000 mm -hmm. and then the next month mm. you almost guarantee oh, absolutely. that person's yeah. gone. Yeah. Brad and Alicia uh, just hit 50 sales last month and I had a, and they're, they're gearing for satellite mm -hmm. and I had a very direct mm -hmm. conversation for, with them about what's not going to happen this mm -hmm. month, mm -hmm. you know, and what they can expect and mm -hmm. only from, not from a point of negativity, from a point of like, don't expect that because mm -hmm. they had some big people, just some big things. Like don't expect a double header out of that. Mm -hmm. I remember the first month hitting satellite and I hit, or my first month I tr almost hit satellite. I hit 50, 50, 35. Mm -hmm. The first month of 50, Kyle hit 26 sales. Mm -hmm. The next month, which very rarely happens, he hit 25 sales. Mm -hmm. You don't see back to back. He was a dealer for you, right? Yeah, he was yeah, a dealer yeah, for yeah. you. You don't see back to back. Like that, no. Very often, no. even, even, I mean, in Rex Air. And, mm -hmm. and you know, believe it or not, in my head back then, I just expected he was going to hit 25 again three mm -hmm. times in a row. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you were dreaming. <laughs> you know, again, we learn our lessons, right? right? But I got, like, I'm just like, oh, oh, yeah. So Kyle will get half yeah. and yeah. I'll get the other half. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, I was no. I was lucky as hell. He even no. got it twice. Right? No. So it's like, but so so these are the things, right? Is you just know. So you see the yo-yo. Yep. Right. Yep. And and we talked a lot on this about about thermostats, and it's like you know when you're geared for two thousand a month. I had a girl that came in and just she would sell, like, she would just sell remote so she made two thousand dollars, and mm -hmm. it would usually be in the first week, and then she wouldn't do demos for the rest of the month. Yeah. Yeah. Because her thermostat Multiple was set. At, that. you know, yeah. And that's like the millionaire mindset. Yeah. And all that stuff. It's just your thermostat set. Well, sometimes that thermostat. I mean, you might make four thousand in one month and then do nothing the next month because yeah. it's two thousand. Right. But but the the ups and downs, the highs and lows. What advice do you have for people to stay consistent through it? Like someone goes out and sells 10 mm -hmm. and then you hear the things like, 
oh, I'm exhausted mm-hmm. or like I needed a much needed break. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you would have worked harder at Burger King part time. Yeah, absolutely. You just, so what advice do you have for people to, to just to maintain it yeah. and to keep it going, to that's stay consistent question. and to, to not have so much, so much of the yo-yo and the highs and lows. Yeah. Like, what do you, do you know why that's such a good question? I'll I tell you why it. it's a good, no, no, no. Oh. <laughs> what an ego. All right. <laughs> and the reason why it's such a good question is because, um, you guys, uh, now I'm going to stroke your guys' ego, but the revival group, in my opinion, is the next, um, thousand a month group. Okay. Okay. Um, I strongly believe that that's one of the reasons why I'm here, obviously. Um, but I'll give you an example. Last month, you guys had a decent month. Jaylene was number three in the company as far as top RGD for the month for Kings, Kings, Queens uh, crown for the month. Mm-hmm. And, uh, which is sweet. You guys are really moving. You know, what's okay. actually, you know, what's interesting and in, in how humbling she is. Hmm. Do you realize like when she became RGD now, again, there's two sides to this, right? Yeah. When, when she became RGD, yeah. she literally looked at me and she's like, like we got like, it's time to work. Yeah. Like she's like, we're not going to be down there long, yeah. but like she you're, wasn't, you're with the big people yeah, yeah. now, but yeah. she was like literally expecting to be yeah. like off. I mean, she didn't want to be there yeah. and she had a standard and she looked yeah. at me like, we're not going to be, you know, like there was like, she, she sent me a tone with yeah. her eyes. Yeah. You know, that tone that your, your wife probably looks we, at. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got some yeah, work like to it's do. Just like, yeah. we're not, but like, she was really not expecting yeah. to be on the radar anytime yeah. soon. Well, I mean, so, look, you guys were all, you've always been amazing, yeah. but you guys are building a family and, and it is growing. Yes. And it, and it is growing, but you asked a very important question because thank goodness for the power BI and people call me a power BI nerd because I'm one of the people that stare at it every day um, because numbers don't lie. Right, Eric, we right. said that yesterday. You're, I said, what's the, what's the deal with numbers? And you said, they don't lie. And I said, you get it. Um, you can see trends. And one of the big trends that I looked at, like last month, do you guys realize you had, you sold what three close to 300? I think it was last month. Very close to, Very close to 300. Okay. Now listen to this. You guys had, I think I'm correct without remembering, nine people over 10. Nine people sold 10 or more, okay? This is the key to everything. Because however many people end up doing 10 will determine what your outcome is, okay? Which means the organization is growing and moving, okay? Do you know how many dealers are on track to sell 10 this month? Probably not as many. Four, five. Okay. Yeah. What is my point? Exactly what you just said. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. It's it's consistency. So here's the thing. And by the way, guys, the reason why we know all this stuff, I want, want people to understand is uh, we're not saying all this to make you feel bad. I did it. We're just trying to get you not to do that. I did it. And then I did not do it. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and believe me, not doing something and doing yeah. something correctly. But is the, better. but the key to success lies in it because, Absolutely. because you cannot succeed it because it's, it, it, it's, it's you, you, what you make, you blow the next month. Yeah. Right. And, and this yeah. is where, and this is where like, you know, Mike really succeeded with me yeah. in inside my office is because he stayed consistent. This yeah, is, but but, but why know, do people, when they open up, they, the, okay. The guy was the best salesperson. How many did he sell last month personally? Mike, yeah, last month in like as a distributor, yeah. Well, how many personally? I think I don't know, probably nine. Okay, and how many you saw the month before? 
Yeah, eight or nine. Okay, and how many did he sell, how many did he sell when he was with you? 15, 18. Okay, and so he's selling less. Yeah, yeah. Why? Doing less? Working in the office? More in the office. Okay. And stuff. Now, again, I'm not. I'm just using Mike as an yep. example. So, Mike, don't take this personal. I'm just using you as an example. Yep. Here's what happened when I became a distributor. When I first became a distributor, because I really want to talk to our distributors, because our distributors are important to us right now. Hundred percent. Here's what happens. What happens is people don't become consistent because they 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 reach something, and that's why successful people have thresholds, not goals. Yeah. Which, by the way, is miniature goals is what thresholds are. Okay, yeah. They just keep reaching and they keep going. They also, successful people, also wake up every single day with a freaking purpose, yeah. which means they know exactly what they're going to do. This morning I woke up, I know exactly what we're going to do today. Yeah. Okay, I knew I was coming in, I was doing this podcast. I know I'm working in marketing, and, and I know I want to reenact an open house of what I saw from yesterday. Yeah. And I want to talk about that. And yeah. that's, that's my goal for today. See, and we're seeing that with Sam in Revival more, and, and we're seeing that more than we've seen with really anybody. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think she's going to continue to take this to a different level. Yeah. She's setting a new bar. She sold 25 last month, right? Yeah, she's, yeah. I mean, she's been right 24, I think it turned out to, but it's yeah. like it's, she's right there. And I think she's going to be the first one. I mean, and I mean, and, and this is peanuts from, for other Rainbow offices, yeah. but I mean, and she'll be the first one to sell 30 in our organization, yeah. I believe, and it's going to continue to go. But she's really showing consistency like we've never seen in a, in a long time. And and, and leveling up, but it's just like, but you know, it's the same thing, but it's like, that's how you get ahead. Like she's getting some big paychecks and they're staying. And this is how I, I mean, really grew in, in the same, it's the same thing. It's like when I, where my head worked and this is where I was able to put this into them a little bit too, into Mike when he was with me. And you know, Kyle had this a, a little bit too. I was mm-hmm. able to put that into him and you're really into Sam and, and, and some of our other consistent, you know, Naomi, it was like, when I looked at the, at the big paycheck that came in, it was like, I wanted more of that. Mm-hmm. And some people look at this and say, like, okay, the big paycheck's in. Okay, I'm good for a while now. Mm-hmm. See, that's a very different mentality. Like, mm-hmm. there's a mentality to, like, to get ahead and to build. Like, Jalene Kaczynski gets a, gets a bunch of money in, and she puts it to her places, and then she's like, okay, hey, now I want more of that. Mm-hmm. And she wants to watch this stuff grow. Now, me, I'm not going to say I put it all into the bank to watch it grow in the bank, but it's like I might have put some of it in the shop. I might have put some of it right. in the garage. I might have put a new Cheap vehicle computer. in the driveway. I might have upgraded to a nice fancy yeah. computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but you know what I'm saying? But these are the things, right? It's like, it's like so, but in each way, it's like I wanted to advance things. I wanted, yeah. to, I wanted things to grow. Right. You know, regardless of whatever that is, I wanted, I wanted my life to level up. Right. But, you know, in order and, to do and that. other people look at it as like, okay, I'm good yep. to float for a while. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, now I have enough to pay my bills for two months so I don't have to work anymore. Yeah. And and I guess that's where the question comes in is, is like, and, you know, we talked about people thinking differently in different mentalities. But but what do you really say to those? Because because here's the thing that really is the big kicker. The person who, who floats like that. The, so the person who comes in and and now gets that ten thousand dollar paycheck and then says, "Okay, cool, now I'm covered for the next three months. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do as many demos. I don't have to work. I can go play video games." But he's also the person that comes to you, Sean, and says, "I want more." Okay, of this. yes. Now, see, this is what is important because I was just going to say that because here's here's what I'm always going to say. I want people to understand. Look, if you're happy, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. I want you to understand that if you're happy selling five a month, but four he's not a month, happy. I'm happy. That's what I'm saying. Don't you don't have the right to sit there and say, you know, oh no, this this is all I want, and then three days later, bitch and complain how you don't have any money. But this is what I'm saying. So now, <laughs> now this is where the question comes in. Yeah. So the person says, I want more. I don't want to be like this, but but they keep doing that. Where do you 
this is like, how do you make that connection? What do you say to that person? What does that Look, person need to do <laughs> to, you know, how do you break that chain? Cause that's programming. Here's and- what they have to realize Dallas. Number one, they have to understand that they're the problem. Mm-hmm. You know what I call those people? Okay. And I'm sorry for this, but I call those people. You ready? Ask holes. I like it. Okay. What that means is they want to, they're always asking you how to improve something and how to do something and you're trying to help them, but they do nothing. Right. They do nothing. Okay. Now look, and I, and I, and that's being a little bit drastic or being more, I'm going to call it Dallas like when I say asshole, but it is the truth. And look, it's not that I love them any less. I'm like, just stop bothering me. But you need people but, need to, and, and that's, I mean, that's what we do, right? We yes, hear it how we you need, need it. We need to hear it. Well, yes. You know? And how, how you need it. But you know, look, sometimes you have to finally say, you know, when I quit drinking, I quit drinking when I said, Sean Jones, you have a freaking problem. Right. That's when I quit drinking. Right. Okay. When I finally said, Sean Jones, you have a problem. Not anybody else, not my wife, not right. any, it was Sean, you have a problem and right. you better stop this now. Otherwise it's going to become a real problem. Yeah. Okay. Nothing else matters. I can't get help. People can tell me this people can, until I say, or look in the mirror and say, you know what? I'm the problem. I have to fix this. That's when you first make that move. That's when things start to change. When you get so pissed off, when you're just sick and tired of being sick and tired, yeah. that's when things change. hundred percent. But, but you can't change somebody until they make that decision until they say, you know what? Okay, I am so tired of being tired. Okay, and so do you feel then? Because I mean, this is and this is where maybe I, and maybe this is just a scary thing. And you tell me, like I had to hit rock bottom. Yeah, and and I mean to change, to change. I, I did. I had to. I had yep. to hit rock bottom for for it to sink into me. For me to look in the mirror. Yep. You know, and like I told you, I mean, I've always believed that the mirror is the most powerful tool in the world. Yep. If we choose to look into it, and and for me to look into it. I had to hit rock bottom. And yeah. I mean, is that it? Is that what it is? Like, I mean, do you have to hit rock bottom? I don't think to, you have to hit rock bottom. Because or is there a way you can shock your there brain is, into there this is, beforehand? There is, in my opinion. There's two ways to do this. One, you will hit rock bottom, which I've been there. I've been mm-hmm. broke. Seriously, I've been broke mm-hmm. where I owed people money. Things were bad. I remember sitting in my, um, um, uh, taking a shower, sitting on the floor crying because I couldn't afford to buy Christmas gifts for people. I mean, I've been broke, okay? Uh, that was a bad thing where I said, I don't like that feeling. I remember on your podcast, I think I've heard you say that, yeah. uh, with your son turning on the stove. Yeah, you did, That feeling is so yeah. ingrained in you, okay? That's what we mean by rock bottom. Yeah. But l- l- and, and we know that, but let me talk about another one. How do you not hit rock bottom? I always use this analogy, okay? The analogy is climbing the mountain, okay? There are people on top of the mountain, Okay, let's say there's somebody making $4 million and I, a year, and $2 million or whatever you want to call it, or selling 20 rainbows a month, averaging, okay, which there's people that are out there, Connor averaged 19 a month last year, right. 20 years old, by the way, just turned 21. Um, anyways, there's people on top of that mountain. There is a quicker way up that mountain. Yeah. You know what it is, Eric? What do you think it is? If you wanted to average 20 sales per month, what would you think the smartest thing to do is? Do what Dallas did? Yeah. Ask somebody to average 20 personal sales every single month. What did you do? And do what they do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a quicker way up there. It's like I always use the analogy if I'm the best cake maker. 
I don't know why I keep using that stupid analogy. You don't but know how to make cake. <laughs> yeah, because I don't know how to make a cake. That's exactly it. And I said, the problem is, if I make the best cake and I said, okay, you go, I want to make the best cake, Sean, what do I need to do? And I say, okay, you put this many eggs, this much sugar, this much flour, this much milk, this much this, and all you got to do, and then you got to put it in, you got to mix it up for 10 minutes, no more, no less, 10 minutes, you got to mix it up, okay? And you got to mix it like this. Okay. And then you got to put it in the oven for this long. Then you got to take it out for this long. And then you got to do this. And then you got to do this. And what most people do is they go, okay, this is the asshole, by the way. Yeah. They go, oh, okay. All right. Got it. And then they go out and they go, ah, I know Sean said four eggs, but I'm going to use three. Okay. I know Dallas said to make sure I pull 30 test cloths in every house, but I'm going to pull 20 because I don't need to. I know Jaylene tells me to do the mattress in every demo, but you know what? This, I don't need to do the mattress in this demo. This is the problem. This is what ends up happening. And how often do you see that so many times? All the time. And it's funny because we hear this from our people, and even from our best people. And it's like, yeah. and it's funny because like, yeah, you, you know, you see some, you know, people that close it, you know, I mean, super high rates, you know, mm. you, you close it, somebody closes, you know, say even 50%, which is a very good closing. Yeah. Right? And they're like, well, I don't have to do that. So, yeah. You know what, Dallas? And um, that's why, by the way, because it's going to add into what you're saying. Yeah. I used to pay people in a commission that once they sold a month of 15, their commission went higher. And you know what always happened? So, example, your starting commission is 300. Once you sell your first month of 15 sales, you yeah. now become an executive dealer. You yeah. now make 400. Yeah. That was the stupidest thing I could ever have done. You know why? Why? Because the very next month they sold less. Yeah. Because I paid them more. Yeah. <laughs> Right? How stupid was that? Yeah. And I was like setting and them it, up for failure. Because of that same thing, right? But it's like, yeah, but it's like, you know, like someone, someone who sells, somebody who sells at 50% mm-hmm. will tell someone at 70% mm-hmm. that, well, no, I, I mean, I don't need to do that to sell. And it's like, well, like, and like a, you, you, you just sit there blinking at them. And it's like, so I sell at 70 or 80. And it's like, you sell at 50, but you're telling me you don't have to do what I do. To sell a rainbow. It's like, well, how do you know that that extra thing that I do wouldn't give you that extra 20 freaking percent? You got it. So those are the things that are just super frustrating, right? Yeah. So, so this is the thing that it, that, it, that it boils into, okay? So now to stay consistent right through, mm-hmm. okay? Now, again, the recipe, following it, I mean, again, so you, you look at that. But what is inside of the person? Okay, so we're going to take John. Okay. Okay. Now, John lives at home. He's got a, um, you know, a wife and a kid. Okay. And his wife's got a job. So John's sitting here going like, I want more. Mm-hmm. Uh, John doesn't work. Rainbow's his full gig. Okay. okay. Or his business is his full gig. He, he wants more. His wife works a full time. She works at a, at a grocery store. Okay. And he's like, I want to do this more. I want to make $6,000 a month. Okay. Okay. I want to do... 20 demos a month. Okay. And but he's he hasn't been doing it. So he'll go out. He's shown he can do that. But again, it's the consistency. He's got his excuses, you know, the kid, the wife, the schedules, and that. But he's mm-hmm. shown he can go out every four months. He goes out and does it. Yeah. But then he tanks and he and he yep. doesn't pull together. So he's got his excuses of, you know, childcare. He's got his excuses of like, oh, you know, the, the you know, the baby and the, the, mm-hmm. the, the balance excuses. Okay. So he wants more, he wants to do it, he just can't seem to kind of balance it and get it together. Yeah. He has the examples around him. What is the direct recipe that he has to put together in his life yep. to go and do it? I mean, we had a conversation last night with a with a couple about making the, the plunge to kind of come in yeah. straight in. But what is the like what is the exact example that we have to do day to day in our life to pull this together? I mean, if, if there's an example of of a ki- uh, of child care is, is an issue. I mean, or or if, if the kid looking after the kid is the issue. I mean, if we know a person can make eight thousand dollars a month. 
and when they've proven they can do it. I mean, do you go get the babysitter for 2000 to make the eight? I mean, like, that's a sacrifice you make, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, so, but what is the exact recipe that you have? I mean, cause you have to structure it at home yep. first, right? Yep. Cause home is, I mean, if, if it's not structured at home, you're, you're screwed right out at the gate. Correct. Right. So, so what is the exact recipe that we have to put together in our home life to be able to make it work? When I, I remember going back to when, you know, people are shocked to learn. We talked about it last night a little bit with this couple, but like when I started into this, if you would have looked at my calendar on paper, if you came into my house to sell me a rainbow and you're trying to recruit me and I said, Sean, I don't have time. Mm -hmm. And if I would have showed you my calendar, you would have been like, yeah, you don't have time. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I'm working 60 hours a week at the mill. I'm, I'm a fire chief for the town of Daysland. Mm -hmm. I you know, have kids and sports and everything's going on. Like when you looked at my, like, yeah, I don't, I don't have time. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I still found time to do 16 to 20 demos a month. I still scheduled 24 to 26 demos a month. Mm -hmm. Now we have some reschedules. I still ran 16 to 20 demos a month, mm -hmm. working 60 hours a week, still a volunteer fire chief in the town, still had kids and sports and all the things that go on in life. And Sean, we still had a night to do poker once a week. Mm -hmm. But so, you know, you go to those homes. I mean, Don and Manny said this. I think she, I don't know if this is on a, where the hell I heard them say this years ago. They said, isn't it funny where you go into a home and you walk into that house to recruit this couple and there's two of them in there and not a damn one of them has a job. Mm -hmm. And you start to try to recruit them and they're like, oh man, no, we don't got time for this. Mm -hmm. None yeah, of them got a job. Like, what? And, but then you go into that house and the guy's got three jobs and he's like, yeah, let's do it. Yep. Like, cause the, the people who want to make the money will wait the money. The people who don't want to work won't work. Mm. But so like, I didn't have the time, but, I, but so someone who has that schedule still went out and did 20 demos a month mm -hmm. because when I wanted to be say, I'll find the time. Yep. Okay. But I scheduled it around my life and I scheduled it to make it work. But I had to, I had to kind of reevaluate my life a little bit. Like, you know what? You're a busy man. Mm -hmm. But if all of a sudden your daughter, say she was living at home still. Uh -huh. Okay. Say all of a sudden she had something super important. Say, say she had a, like a recital that was super important to her. Mm -hmm. And this was every Monday night at six. Mm hmm. You would structure your life around, no matter how busy, to be there every Monday night at six. Mm -hmm. You'd make it work. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to make it work, you'd make it work. If, if God forbid, you had some medical thing happen to you mm -hmm. where you had to go to the hospital for a shot every mm -hmm. Wednesday at mm -hmm. noon, mm -hmm. no matter what, you would work it around to make it every Wednesday at noon. If you had yep. to go every Monday and Wednesday at noon, you would make it work. Yep. You can make it work if you, you know, so... Everybody can structure their lives around. So what are some of the things that the people can do at home? Like, what do you have to do to that guy who's making all these excuses, but how do you just make it work? Hey, this is going to sound so silly and so simple. You have to trick your brain. Okay. Do you know what I mean by that, Eric? Sell yourself. <laughs> yeah. What happens is your brain slowly will start again because there's two forces in your head, negative, positive, God, this devil, Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, I don't care what you call him, okay? My point is, is those two forces are constantly pulling at you, and they will mess with you, okay? And so what happens is, and here's what I mean by tricking my brain. My brain will always try to tell me, because I know there's two voices in my head, and my brain will always try, try to tell me, you can't do something, you can't do something. And here's what I mean by tricking the brain. One thing, if I was a dealer right now, and if I had to go back and tell myself, Many years ago when I was a newer dealer trying to figure the dang thing out going up, what I would have told myself is, okay, make a schedule and that's your schedule. 
every single day. This is the demos that I'm working. These are the days I'm working. There's what I'm not working. Now, one of the benefits that I have that we don't have in our business, by the way, is we had something called knocking on doors where I came from. We're called registrations, which means you go up to a door and you knock on the door and say, hey, my name is Sean, just passing our business flyer. That's for you. We're at the local rainbow store. We deal with equipment that helps with the allergies, asthma, and breathing problems. You see that little rain mate right on there? We're actually passing out our business flyer just so you hold on our business flyer. You don't throw it away because if you ever need anything, once you give us a call, it has our name and number in there. Just for holding on our business flyer, we pass out these to everybody, all the homeowners in the area. So you have our name and number, but just for holding on to it, we're going to register you in that free drawing to get one of those free air purifiers. Absolutely for free just for holding on our business flyer. How do you spell your last name? B mm-hmm. R okay. A. And your first name? E okay. R. I. And the phone number in case you uh, win the gift is what? 780-543-215. Great. Awesome. And your address here is? 49. Okay. That's what we did. Okay. Now here's what that means. I knew every 20 registrations I got gave me two demos. Guaranteed. I knew that. So if I went to a demo and a demo canceled, you know what I did? Registered. Because I had to make up for that demo. I tricked my brain. Right. Now, I even had to trick my brain even, even further. What I had to do was I had those registration cards, and I would go out in the middle of the day and knock a door because I'm marketing is what I'm doing. Right. Um, and then what happened is um, um, I, I would start telling myself. So what I had to do was count out 20 cards and say, you're not done until these 20 cards are gone. So then I would want to move faster. Right. Now that Okay, I'm giving you guys an example of how I trick my brain. Right. And so what ended up happening is as I did that every single day, so I, I kind of forced myself, all right, I have to go, to, I'm going to do this many demos every single day. And my, my deal was two demos every day. So I took three, I was available for three demos. I knew if I was available for three, I always ran two demos. Right. And I did that every day as a dealer. And if for some reason the demo canceled or something happened, I went out and registered. Because that in my brain, that made up for that demo. Right. Because that gave me two demos. Because those registrations would be called the next day. Hey, you, you were selected to get a free um, air purifier. Okay. Rainmate, whatever you want to say. It doesn't matter. Yeah. My point is, is I did that every single day. And when I was off, I was off. Okay? And it's yeah. the same thing. Like some people was asking this question. Like what, how do you spend so much time away from your family? I do. I work hard. You've got to plan this properly. Right. But you have to first stop making excuses and you have to first say, okay, I'm a grown up. I'm an adult. Okay. I want to become successful. I want to do something with my life and I want to do this for my family. Yeah. So step one basically is, I mean, I mean, you have to decide to do it. Yes. That's one. You have to, I mean, make you know this- what I put, I'm going to stop. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause I, I, I think yeah. of it. I always tell this fourth thing. I said, there's, four, there's kind of four steps. Now that you talk about this step one is you make a choice. Step yeah. two is you make a decision. Step three, you make a plan. Step four, you execute. There it is. Right. That's really what it is. It's yeah. funny because I just I just thought about that because yeah. actually I do that. I have a meeting that I do sometimes with that. And I'll do it again a little bit slower if you guys wanted to write yeah, it down. Say it again. Step one is you make a choice. Step two, you make a decision. Step three, you make a plan. Step four, you execute that plan. That's really it. Now, let me explain step one and step two. Because these two things go hand in hand. I always use this analogy. If you go to a gym in January 2nd, what do you see? Tons of people in there. By April, all of them are gone. What happened? Well, they really didn't have the steps properly. Now, here's what I mean. Step one, making the um, choice. Choice. Okay. Which means that's the easy part, by the way. People go, ah, I want more success. That's easy. 
Then you have to make a decision. Are you willing to go through the pain to get to that? Right. Are you willing to eat the crap sandwiches? Because mm-hmm. right there is a very important thing, Dallas, because everybody goes, oh, well, wait a second. You mean I have to work that hard? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I try to explain to people because if you don't, I'd love to sit here and say there's a nine to five job out there and you can make three, four hundred thousand dollars a year and become independently wealthy, punch in and punch out. It doesn't exist. I, if it does, please call me and let me know. Okay. Yeah. But it doesn't exist. All right. So my point is you have to make a choice. You have to say, all right, do I want more for my family? Do I want more for me? Do I want to better my life? Do I want to become a better version of me? Yes. Check. That one's done. Step two, decision. If I don't want to be fat anymore, I got to eat healthy and stop eating the cake and all the crap. And I have to get on an exercise machine at least for 30 minutes every day, six days a week. Agreed? Agreed. Okay. That's a decision. You can't go to the gym, Eric, every single day and then on the way home, stop at McDonald's and grab a big Big Mac. Now, Eric, you're going, BS, Sean, I do that right now. You know why? It's because you're 21. I'm going to tell you something. You were blessed with the genes and all of that stuff. But guess what? Take it from a wise man because I was just like you, dude. But here's what's going to happen. One day you're going to go, oh, wait a second. Okay. But metabolism doesn't move so quick. Okay, so you can't have one without the other. So you can't say, well, I'm going to go to the gym every day, but then I'm going to go eat unhealthy. Okay, you can, of course, but you're not going to get the results. And in my head, Dallas, and in your head, and I can't explain this, and in my head and your head, that's stupid. It doesn't make sense, which means you and I say, well, we're already working. Why would you not give it everything you have? Yeah. That was kind of the problem. You know, recently I had a really bad accident on my mountain bike. Yeah. Do you know why I had a bad, bad, bad accident? I went to the hospital. I thought I broke my leg. It was really bad. My wife's freaking out. Do you know why? Because when I mountain bike, I'm all in. Yeah. I'm flying down the mountain. I'm on the expert trail like I'm an expert. Right? I've been mountain biking since I was in college. But I think I'm an expert. I'm 49 years old, man. I wiped, I wiped out. It was bad. I was in the air, three flips, going down a huge mountain. And I got down, I'm like, what am I doing, dude? What are you doing, you know? Because when I do something, I'm like, why am I going to do this half-ass? Yeah. I'm all in. Well, and and we've had this conversation with a couple of our distributors. I mean, Mikey V almost died on a mountain. I never seen a guy catch so much air on a snowboard. I'm like, dude, you got some shit to live for now. Correct. You You got a kid. And then JD on the island, I'm like, I had a talk. I'm like, man, you can't be going that fast. I mean, dude, you 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 got some shit to live for now. Like, you guys got to tone her down here a little bit. That's the truth. But yeah, I mean, I'm saying that's what happens. People go all in. But so my point is, and when you go to step two and you go, okay, I got to make a decision. Am I willing to go through that pain to get that? It's like I always use this analogy. We, We make all of our decisions in life based off of two feelings, pain and pleasure. We make decisions off of two things, pain and pleasure. Think about this. Okay, why do people smoke? Why do people smoke? Does it taste good? No. No, it tastes like garbage. Is it good for you? No. No, it's not good for you. So why do you smoke? Well, now again, when you, they were geniuses back in the day, the marketing that they had in that. Smoking's cool. 
Remember Cool Cigarettes? Mm-hmm. Joe Camel, the yeah, Marlboro yeah. Man would ride in. Yeah. See, that's how they got people smoking. They said, oh, well, look at this. Then one day, here's what happens. You and your friends, we all do this. You're younger, and they're like, hey, man, I got a Marlboro and cigarette. And you're like, <laughs> right? Terrible. But what happens is we eventually go, well, okay, it wasn't that bad. I'm going to try it. Then they got you because you're addicted to the nicotine. Mm-hmm. Now, you are not quitting. Yep. Okay, and then you keep doing it. Why? Because to you, your brain relates smoking to what? Being cool. Pleasure. Being cool. It's pleasure. Yeah. But then what happens is when it really comes time where all of a sudden there's pain involved, that's when you quit. But guess what? It's too late. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Now, if somebody really wants to quit smoking, you know what they do? This is what I tell them. You know what you do? Go to the hospital. Go to the emphysema ward and just sit there for five hours a day for one week. Five hours a day, watch people die one day at a time from smoking. Because I remember my neighbor, my neighbor across the street that lived from me who smoked all the time. He was a really, really nice guy. Him and I were the only fun people around in the neighborhood. And he smoked and smoked and smoked and smoked. Well, guess what? He died at 45 years old because he smoked since he was 12. And we let our daughter know about this the whole time. She was really young. My point is, you looked at it as pleasure. If you just change the feeling... So everything you base off of is based off of pain and pleasure. Do you look at something as pleasure or do you look at something as pain? Mm -hmm. What happens is that feeling of being broke is so painful to you that you will do anything not to go there again. That's my point. Or you will say, okay, that's so pleasurable. So it's how you perceive things. So when I made that decision, okay, to say, all right, I know I'm going to have to work harder than the average person. Then I put a plan together. Now, here's what I did that was a little bit different, Dallas. I went to somebody that bought the T-shirt, and I said, Dallas, I know you have sold 20 rainbows a month. I know you've done this many demos. I know you. Can you please tell me exactly what I need to do, what you did, please? Now, that's when you start saying, okay, Sean, here's how you bake the cake. And then you start telling me the recipes and what I need to do. Then I write them down. And then I step four, I execute that. Well, and I think in the plan, I think where it's really important too is, you know, and and that's where I think, you know, where where I did the plan part was you schedule that into your life Mm -hmm. like you would anything else. Mm Because like I said, you'll schedule the the daughter's recital. Absolutely. You'll schedule what's important to you. And I think that's where people really miss that part of it is they go, okay, yeah, I'm going to do this but they don't have a plan for it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I mean, how many times you, you, you know, you hear this, I know you do cause we do all the time where it's like, I'm going to sell 20 this month <laughs> yeah. and they go, that's it. And then yeah. it's the 10th and they haven't sold anything yet. Correct. And then they, they go, I'm going to sell 20 next month. Yeah. No, here, here, here's when you know, somebody's real. When somebody goes to me and says, I'm going to sell 20 next month. I go, okay, let me see. Yeah. And they look at me like, what do you mean? No, no, no. Let me see where you wrote it down exactly what yeah, you're going to do. Yeah, where's your plan? How are you going to do it? Yep. Yeah. Show me exactly. And it's even like even like coming into the office. It's like because it, it, I mean you got you got to put yourself in an environment to succeed, and that's one thing you know we teach on on this show a lot is like I mean you know are you in an environment to succeed? So I don't I don't believe that being at home with three screaming kids and and a spouse because I mean here's the thing right I mean when when you're at home, does your wife give you shit to do? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like when, when you're at home, there's going to be an eavesdrop to fix. Oh, yeah. There's going to be like, to do, like yeah. you know what I mean? So it's like, if, if you're at home with the wife and the kids and the things like that, it's like, you know, so, I mean, and I'm not saying you, there's not, you gotta, you know, I'm not saying seven days a week. Don't, I mean, take care of your shit at home. Yep. Right. But also it's like, but if you're home every single day, 
Like you're gonna, your wife's gonna give you the kids. You're gonna, you're gonna be, you're gonna be helping out. But it's yep. like, so, but you're not going to be in that environment to succeed at home. I mean, people are like, I'm gonna go home and book demos. Yeah, you let me know how that's gonna work out for you. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So, a couple of days a week, four days a week, five, whatever it is, you need to put yourself in an environment there you go. to be able to succeed. So you, you need to be able to schedule some time to come to your office to be able to be that, or or if you can manage it. If you have an office at home where you can go close that world off and actually be there and be in that zone, but you have to put yourself into an environment to succeed. So whether that's, you know, not just going on in the demos, but if you're on a bigger scale and you're a team, are you putting yourself in an environment where you're able to talk to your team, give them the time you need, book some demos? Are you able to, you know, to, to manage those things, go on some presentations and, and put yourself in that environment? But you have to have that shit scheduled out. Yep. You have to know, okay, I'm going to go on a demo this day. These are my days. Cause I had it all in my head. And like I was saying last night, Every second weekend, I did nine demos. Yep. Right. So right there, two weekends a month, eighteen demos. Bang. Yep. Right there. That's how easy that was. Four yep. days, four four days, and two Friday nights. Yep. You know, four, so four basically five five days a month. I had eighteen demos. Yep. That's how easy that was. Yep. And then I had what? What is that? Like, Twenty five days left of the month. Mm-hmm. And then two two nights a week. I tried to do a demo. Mm-hmm. Well, each day, then there's another eight demos. Mm-hmm. So right there, 18 and eight, and with my grade eight math, you know, we're at 24, yep. 26. Yep. There's my grade eight math, yep. right? <laughs> so 26 demos. Yep. Now, again, I had some reschedule, so I ended up doing 16 to 20 a month. Yep. And and still held two other positions. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And that, and that working 60 hours a week at the mill, still doing a poker night, still doing fire practice twice a week, still doing all the things that I was doing. Look, right. you can make, again, you can make excuses, you can make exactly. money, but you it can't Exactly, it was scheduled in. So when you make that plan, like you said, legit make the plan. Schedule it into your life like you would schedule in a job. Yeah. Like you would schedule in soccer practice, like you would yep. schedule in the recital, like you would schedule in a hospital yep. visit, a doctor's appointment. Yes. Whatever it is, schedule that in and then follow that schedule like you would go to work every day. Yep. So I think that's where people really need to you know do that. And then like you said, obviously execute that plan yes. is follow up with it. You got it. Right. And, 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 and again, when you make that plan, make sure you go to the right people to help you with that plan. Right. Don't go to the fat doctor to learn how to lose weight. We talked on, we talked, you know, I mean, one of the early episodes, um, you know, your goal in life was to be a world renowned chef mm-hmm. and you wanted a TV show and your face on every billboard and you yeah. wanted to be the greatest chef in the world. And you had an opportunity to, learn from Gordon Ramsay, mm-hmm. but your aunt Betty, you know, who lived down the street made a mean apple pie. Mm-hmm. And she was like, no, no, Sean, don't learn mm-hmm. from, you know, that yeah. guy's an asshole. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, isn't it amazing how many times people would turn down the opportunity? I mean, yeah. w- would you ever turn down the opportunity to learn from Gordon Ramsay? Correct. Correct. I mean, no, no, you'd be no. like, shut no the hell up, yeah. Betty. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, you might take your pie recipe, but yeah. at the end of the day, you're going to go learn from Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. But how many times in our life do we turn down an opportunity to learn from a millionaire? Yep. Because somebody who doesn't have a damn thing we want tells us all that you'll get a real job. Yep. Isn't it? Isn't it? It's, it's mind it's blowing. It's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. Right. Yep. So again, it's like you know Eric Thomas. Don't take constructive criticism from somebody who's never constructed shit. Yep. I love that. Unbelievable. I right. Love that. So that's what the thing goes. Um, question. We're gonna have a couple questions here. We're okay. gonna go over. So Jess wants to know a couple things. Um, were you ever in a location? So this is something that's very interesting because we hear this a lot, and I'm sure you hear this in different things too. You've obviously been a part of different locations opening up in different things. Mm-hmm. Were you ever in a location you struggled with regarding leads or referrals? Now we hear this a lot of times, <laughs> and it's interesting because um, I remember. I'm going to pick on a few people. I remember when we were moving into British Columbia mm-hmm. and a few of our first people that moved to British Columbia mm-hmm. and they said, um, 
and they, they kind of struggled in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I remember them saying like, well, things are different in BC. Absolutely. I hear that you, you don't, all you the don't, time. You don't understand. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's different here in BC. Yeah, yeah. And then I remember we had some people in Southern Saskatchewan and they're yeah. like, no, no, Dallas, you don't understand. People are different here. Yeah. I'll give you a taste that people are different in Saskatchewan. Yeah. No, but, but this, this is, I mean, I'll go, but you tell me that if, if you disagree with this in any way. What I've realized right, is people are people. Mm-hmm. And anywhere I've gone, mm-hmm. I've never had any difference. I've had tough people everywhere I've gone. I've yep. had easy people everywhere gone. But what yep. I've realized is I've never had any difference mm-hmm. in people anywhere I've gone. Mm-hmm. It's people. So, But sometimes people have that mentality because, oh, it's somewhere here. These people are different. <laughs> or these, And it, well, it, to me, to me, Sean, it's a great, great. big excuse that's what they're looking for right Dallas. but yeah. Yeah. you tell me if there's anything to that at all but to no. me it's like now again there's lead lines i've been on yep. really shitty yep. lead lines and struggled yep in 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 the city that my office is in in calgary yep. I've, I've gone on terrible lead lines and, and struggled but but good and bad but to me people are people and i've had success and, str- and struggles equally no matter where i've gone in Canada, anyway. Now, I'm a good person. I asked that question, too, by the way. Because you sold rainbows in every country. Yeah. And I worked with the other company, too, where we knocked doors. Right. Okay? So we were constantly knocking doors. Um, the reality is you should be talking to every homeowner twice a year. That's when you're covering territory. Did you hear what I just said? You have to be talking to every homeowner twice a year to actually be covering territory. Okay? They, that, that's, that's, the, that's the number. Okay? Um, it's because I've worked in so many different countries and I always hear the same thing. What they would say to me is, and you don't understand, this is Poland. You're an American. It's different in America. And I will never forget. I had a guy, his name is Mark. I love him. And he's been in rainbow for years and years and years in Poland, by the way, just as background history, um, Poland at one point in time, they actually have the record. Uh, Elzbieta Gronowska sold 7,000 rainbows in one month in Poland. 7,000, okay? Uncomprehensible. Um, Yeah, it's just unbelievable. And anyways, there was a guy, his name is Mark, and I became the uh, ESD in in Poland and Eastern Europe. And when I went in there, I'll never forget we're all to dinner. And he goes, so tell me, Sean, in America, um, do you find it harder to sell people right now than, than it used to be? I said, no? Oh, okay. And then two minutes go by. Hey, Sean, tell me, in America, are people... Okay, he's asking me all these questions. And then finally, I catch on what he's doing. I said, Eric, or Mark, I said, are you, uh, are you trying to say something? Well, I just think it's different today than what it was many years ago. I said, what do you mean, Mark? He goes, well, it's different than what it was when we were selling a whole bunch of rainbows here. I said, so let me get this right. You're telling me in 2018, whenever it was I was there, I said, you're telling me when the economy, is the economy better today than it was in 1997? He goes, well, yeah. I said, are people making more money today than they were in 1997, respectively? He goes, well, yeah, tremendously a lot. I said, would you say there's more opportunity than has ever happened in the time right now in 2018 and then 2000 and then 1995 or six? He says, yes. I said, so... What, why, why are you selling less? I said, let's do this. Again, the power of Power BI. I pull out my computer and I go, huh. Matter of fact, I said, how many demos did you do to sell a rainbow back in 1998, whenever it was? He said, I had to do four demos to sell one. I said, oh, okay. 
So when you were selling 15, 20 rainbows, how many demos were you doing? Uh, 45, 50, 60. How many demos did you do last month? 16. Yeah. Bingo. And finally, and I had to keep going until finally he goes, huh, maybe I'm the problem. <laughs> I mean, I had to keep going, literally. Perhaps. And I've been in so many different places where people go, and it's, I can't tell you how many times this has happened. I was in Romania, and Romania goes, oh, yeah, but you don't understand. People are a little bit different. Really? Oh, yeah, you could never knock a door here. Really? Yeah, you couldn't. Okay, let's go. I took one person that spoke English and Romanian, and I said, you're going to translate what I say. We go to the door right next door to the office. We knock on the door. Nothing. I didn't get in. They said, no, thank you. I go to the very next door. I had the translation. Boom. I booked a demo right at the door. I looked at the Romanian girl and I said, go get somebody to bring a rainbow over here. <laughs> and they're looking at me like I'm a freaking alien. Yeah. And I knocked four doors and booked two demos and we had demos going on, sold one of them. And they're just like blown out. Because what I finally realized is I had to start proving to people. Yeah. I'm like, people are people no matter where you go. And by the way, guess what the objections are? When I go on a demo in Hong Kong and I'm in a high-rise $2 million apartment, guess what kind of objections you get? The same. The same as we get in Canada, in Ohio or, in Ohio, or in U.S., anywhere. Yeah. It's all the same. People are people. Yeah. It's the same everywhere. Now, here is the only differences in international. It is either financially more difficult. Okay, because like in Bulgaria, as an example, the average income is $500 a month. Right. Okay. Um, so they have to do 12 demos to sell one. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's, there's no doubt about that. Okay. Mm -hmm. sure. But you know what's interesting? Where it's harder to sell, it's easier to recruit. Right. Where it's easier to sell, it's harder to recruit. Right. That's the fact. Yeah. It's the name of the game. Yeah. 100%. But honestly, it doesn't matter, man. Yeah. I've seen it all. I've been everywhere. People are people. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, and, and I think I mean, if, and I think really, really what it boils down to is if you're following the programs mm -hmm. and if you're doing what you know what we teach, you know, and I think that's really what it boils down to, and that's what I came down to too. Is when I've had the least amount of success I've had, it's when I've strayed farther away from the programs. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and it was the same thing with me. It's my my qualifications for going on a demo. Where do you breathe air and do you have a heartbeat? Mm -hmm. And as long as you have those two things, I'll go show you right now, at the end of the day. Yep. But really, is you know damn well if you're gonna the more single unemployed renters you're gonna go see, the less and less money you're gonna make at the end of the day. That's really what it's gonna boil yep. down to, right? But the more working couples that own their home that you go to, the more money you're gonna make at the end of the day. Yep. You know, the, the bigger pay period. Be. So yep. the more you follow those qualifications, the more you go down those lines, the, the better and better that you're gonna do. You know, so the more the the, the lower the paychecks I've ever had has usually been the less and less I've strayed away from the program mm -hmm. and then following the rules that we put into place. But mm -hmm. really at the end of the day is people are people. And, mm -hmm. you know, if we follow the rules and play along, I mean, you know, this is mapped out for you. And like you said, it's just, we talked about before is if, if you follow what's already designed, see when I first came into rainbow for whatever reason, Sean, like, I mean, again, you talked a little bit last night at the mm -hmm. one house, like, I mean, and it's not a joke and, mm -hmm. and I hope you don't think I was joking. Like, I, it really was like, close the blinds. Don't tell anybody what this opportunity. Yeah, like, no, I, 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 I believe you. Know. you. Yeah. But like when I first came in, like I was going to change Rex air. Yeah. Like I was the, the I was, I was the great white. Yeah. Yeah. I was the guy coming in like, yeah. I'm, I'm here guys. Yeah. You found me. You found me. Yep. You know? And, and that's, that's where my ego was. Yeah. yeah like yeah. I was going to change it all. Yeah. You know, I walked in like, all right, 
I know this. Like terrible. Yeah. And that's embarrassing. But you know, that's and I not and, embarrassing. and I was like, I was gonna, you know, I was gonna change it all. I was I was gonna make all the programs better, I was gonna change everything and you know, and, and especially when I came into again, I came into the organization that was thirty people selling two. Mm-hmm. So now I'm coming in selling fifteen, selling twenty, mm-hmm. and so now like I'm killing everybody. Mm-hmm. And I took every record Jalen had. And, and, and so like now it's like, and then to me, like, you know how humbling my first world meeting was? Mm-hmm. Because like my image of rainbow yeah. is this office. Yeah. So you go to this big. So now I'm like, I'm the best in the office. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm the best in the right. world. And I go to the, I, and I go to the freaking office and right. I go to the rainbow world meeting and I'm like, Oh, oh wow. Oh yeah. boy. Okay. Yeah. And, but then again, even early on, I mean, and, and again, I mean, I mean, shit, I remember like, even the first few world meetings I went to, I mean, and I was, I was on the charts. Mm-hmm. I was on the, I mean, shit, I remember like, I, I've probably won what, 12, 15 free rainbows at, at world meetings. Yeah, I mean, I remember I won, cool. I won eight at one yeah. world meeting. So I mean, I was on the boards and the top of the yeah. sales and leader. Well, you know, know what? A lot of people but, say they do what you did and then they see like, you yeah. know, you look at Eva Kaskoskos who's in Daywood's office yeah, yeah. who averages Massive. 30 a month personal yeah. sales. Now here's what's funny. What's so funny is so many people always say to me, they go, oh yeah, but she's a Filipino. Right. Yeah, she still has to do demos. Yeah, what the heck? What, what is that going to do with anything? Yeah. People go, oh no, the the, the Filipinos are. De- I, doesn't matter. Okay, yeah. I've been in the well, Filipinos. Well, I mean, they, they network very. I'm not well, saying they don't but, network, but they work. But they still have to go to work. Yeah, they That's still it. go to work. I worked that yeah. market very well, and it's like, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, they, the, the networking is amazing. But yep. it's like they got to go and yep. do it. Yeah, I said right? Connor. I said Connor Spears in Chicago averaged yeah. 19 personals a month. Yeah. Anything? You got anything you want to say? He's like a complete white kid, 20 years old. Anything to say from that? And they go, well, no, that's so good. Who's in Chicago? The tra- in Chicago the is right, right there. Right. Everything's, easier. <laughs> Everything's easier there. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, we keep saying you make excuses. You, you make can excuses make money. for everybody and that's it, right? But, but yeah, so I think, you know, you just have to, you just have to realize, I mean, again, at the end of the day, it, 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 there is no limitations other than what can you Can I tell you yourself. something that taught me something as a dealer, which made it a little bit easier? Mm-hmm. Guys, here's what I want, want everybody to understand. I told you there's a reason for everything, everything. Every time you go to a demo, the creator is sending you for a purpose. There is a reason you have to go there. I'm just going there to find out what the reason is. Maybe it's for them, like I gotta sell them a rainbow. Maybe it's for me because they buy a rainbow and I need money, or maybe they need money, or maybe both, or maybe, but here's what I do know. There is a reason. Every time I have the rainbow out of the box, I'm making money, period. Walmart is one of the most powerful companies out there. Do you know why? Because they're open 24 hours a day. Here's what they did. Walmart, who was brilliant, said, wait a second. And then at night, in the middle of the night, we have people in here stacking, filling the shelves. Why not not have the doors open and make money for people that want to come in? Now, there's weird people there at 3 in the morning. I've been there before. There's weird people there at noon. So right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but my point is they found a way to be open 24 hours a day. And I said, wow, if every time you guys have the box top open and the rainbow is out and you're talking and you're showing, you're making money. You know, one of the most, like, one of the greatest talks I honestly ever heard was Jeff May's uh-huh. talk at, this was at a world meeting quite a few years ago when he talked uh-huh. about, like, 
like is your store open? Yeah, that one about yeah, like yeah, the yeah, rainbow yeah. box yep. and like rainbow's your store. Yep, and you know, and and he, I mean, it, it was it was amazing. I mean, that changed a lot for me, yep. and and it puts it into such a stupid perspective. Yeah, and and he and he basically looks at it. I don't know if we, you've heard that one, Eric. Right? We talked to you about that one, I think maybe, but he, you know, he just basically goes and he's like. He goes, and I think he broke it down, even to someone who does a decent amount of demos. Yeah. And I mean, let's walk it through even with you, Eric. So like how many demos do you do a week right now? You're doing what? Four. Four. Okay. Three. So your demo is two hours. Yeah. Okay. So you're doing basically eight hours a week, mm-hmm. right? Of demos, right? Yep. So he's like, basically you want a rainbow store and, and you know, your store is basically open when that machine's like, you make many when that machine's out of the box, right? He's like, so you own a store right now that's open eight hours a week. Okay. Now, have you done all four of those demos at the exact same time every single day? No. No. So you do them at random times. Yeah. Okay. So sometimes you might do it at 10 o'clock in the morning. Sometimes you might do it at, you know, seven o'clock at night. Like you're not too sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now do you, your customers that own that store have any idea when you're going to do a demo? No. You have no clue, right? Now pretend you owned a hardware store. Now, how much success would you have at a hardware store if you were open eight hours a week, you weren't sure, no one knew what day you were open, and they weren't sure what time you were open, but you were open two hours a day for four days a week at any random time. Sometimes you were open at 10, sometimes you were open at noon, sometimes you were open at seven, but you had no idea when. How long would your store survive? Not even a week. You wouldn't make it? (laughs) No. Right? Would it change if you owned a grocery store? No. Would it change if you owned a clothing store? No. Was there any store on earth that could function with those type of hours. No. So why in the hell do you think your rainbow store was function and survive with those kind of hours? Like it, it puts it into a perspective, perspective right? Yeah. And the perspective is, is why do we think that our rainbow business needs to operate any different than any other business? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when you look at it, right? It's like you can't, you know, we think all of a sudden it's like that an opportunity is something different. We just think it's like, oh, well, whatever. Like we just get to do whatever we want. And it's like, and it's because you probably can. Yeah. You can get away with it because you can make that money. But when you put it into that perspective, yeah. right? I mean, and and like your hardware store is rolling around in the back of your trunk. Right. You know what I mean? Or it's stuck in a closet or whatever else. Right. But it's like, like, you know, the more you open that store and the more you structure that store to be open and the more consistently you open that store, the more customers you have and the more it comes in. I mean, it was just one of the most like, like just realistic. You know what people could do to really have an eye opening experience? Start from and start with a journal and every day you wake up in this journal, write down what you do. So as an example, every day when I wake up, I wake up about five at 5 a.m. I wake up, I allow myself 30 minutes to laugh on the computer, whatever it is. Then I get up and I go through my meditation process once I get into the shower. Then I read 10 pages of a book because when you read 10 pages of a book in one month, you have one book done, right? But anyways, my point is write down what you do every single day. Do that for one month. Then go back and look at how much time you wasted. We did a thing on um, episode six about activity versus accomplishment. Uh-huh. And there's a worksheet for it. And it goes through that. Yeah. Because this is what people do. I mean, and, and you think about it. I mean, it, 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 there's power in that. There's so Huge. much power in that. Because people see this all the time. Like mm-hmm. you, and you hear this. Like where people are, I mean, we hear this in Rainbow all the time. Like you have people come up to you and they go, Sean, I'm working my ass off. Yeah, exactly. And you pull them up on RBO and you're like, dude, you did four demos last month. Correct. And, and isn't that interesting? And, but it feels and, like they were yeah, working. And yeah. that's what the thing is. Because I mean, and this is where, and you talk about, you know, like about overthinking and thinking about it. Yeah. This is what I started studying a long time ago. Naomi Weber came up to me a year and a half ago and mm-hmm. she's doing 30 to 40 a month mm-hmm. uh, demos. 
And she goes, man, I just don't feel like I'm doing enough. Mm -hmm. And I get it. Another person comes up to me and goes, like I worked my ass off last month. Yeah, I'm tired. And they did five. Yeah. Ten. And I'm going, what is the difference between Naomi Wember, who's, I mean, I mean, has a kid and, yep. and, and a husband who doesn't drive and these things. And it's like, you're doing 30 to 40 demos a month mm-hmm. and you're telling me that you don't feel like you're working or doing enough demos. Mm-hmm. And this person comes into me who's in the, maybe in the same exact situation or similar, mm-hmm. not even, even as much of the situation. Mm-hmm. And you did eight demos and you're telling me you worked your ass off. What is the, and, and like, this is, gets me curious. Yeah. And I start looking to think, and really what I've boiled it down to is it's activity versus accomplishment. Yeah. And it's the fact of what you do. So I literally wrote that exact same thing and I challenge our people to go down to this thing. And actually I, I made a worksheet for the whole entire thing about, yeah, writing that down. What do you do mm-hmm. every day? Because it, it's the, the feeling of like what you're doing and, and that you're getting things accomplished versus not getting accomplished. And, yep. and one of the biggest things that, you know, and again, these little time wasting things, because mm-hmm. you know, that, that your, your like mental stress outweighs physical stress, mm-hmm. like 10 to one. Absolutely. Right. So wh- when I was working as a laborer at the mill, when I first started at the mill and I mean, up and down a pipe all day and hammering and lifting boards and throwing things, I mean, physically, I mean, yeah, it was in great, amazing shape. But the better shape you're in, the, the less physical strain affects you, okay? So there's days you come home, and I mean, you're feeling it, okay? But I've never in my life felt, you know, in all the jobs, I've had physical jobs most of my life, but then I've had the union jobs and Rainbow and this mm-hmm. kind of And I've never been more exhausted and tired than I have. I mean, when we used to get out of our bargaining sessions, I'm bargaining a multi-billion dollar company. Yeah. Those, I, I bagged yeah. beyond comprehension more than any day's you know, physically. Okay. So you imagine you come home from work. Okay. You imagine that you come home from work, whatever job you're doing at the end of the day, and it's the dishes are piled up and the thing. And I mean, you know, you got the laundry's piled up, the dishes are piled up and the, the work's crazy. I mean, even if you had a hard physically demanding day, when you come home and like the kids, you got to feed the kids and your house is a disaster and everything is just a mess. And you and the wife come home when you're at each other. And it just, it's just like that chaos in life. What is really exhausting you? Is it the physically demanding day that you mm-hmm. had at work or is it the shit show that you have at home? Right. It's the shit show you have at home. Absolutely. So then what do you instantly want to do? You had a day. So what do you do? You grab this device and you go into your world and you try to, you try to tune it out. Tune it out. Yeah. Okay? Numb it. And Numb you try it. to numb it. Mm-hmm. Or you want to relax. You're going to watch TV because you want to relax because yep. in your head you're thinking it's your exhausting day at work that you need to relax from. So you go and you turn it off and you and you watch TV and you want to go to bed or you want to do that. But you wake up tomorrow, you didn't get any of the shit you want to get done accomplished. So guess what? You're still stressed out and your day still sucks and whatever. So you didn't accomplish shit, but you did a lot of activity. So in your head, you're still exhausted. But guess what? If you came home and you maybe you took, like you said, your 30 minutes to allow yourself to yeah. do your whatever your yeah. unwinding period, had a glass of wine, a shot yeah. of whiskey, whatever it is that you do. Yeah. Okay. But guess what? If you put some motivational shit on yeah. and you listen to something inspiring, yeah. okay. And guess what? And while you're doing that, you tackle that freaking laundry, you do them damn dishes, yeah. you put some food on the table for the kids, and you start getting your shit done. And you took an hour, just an hour to clean your house and do some of that stuff. Okay. And you start getting your stuff. And even if you did that for two or three days and you still maybe go watch your TV, I'm a thousand percent against that, but say you went and did, but if you did a couple of that for a couple of days, and if you woke up the next morning and the laundry was done, the dishes were done, the house was clean, the kids were happy and everything was good. You're going to feel a 10,000 times better. You feel great. Even if, so you didn't take any time to relax. You actually worked harder Right, but you did more physical work, but you solved the mental problems in your life 
but you feel 10 times more relaxed because it's not the physical shit the that's bugging you. It's the man. So you're accomplishing things over doing it to yeah. me. So you're a thousand percent it's right. It's funny. It, it, I'm laughing so much about this because you just answered. It's funny because I, I learned so much even from being around you guys because when I go home, now think about this. I'm on the road for 10, 12 days at a time. I don't do Monday through Friday. I usually, usually go out and I go out for two weeks, okay, 10, Mm -hmm. 12 days. And then I come home for a week and I decompress and then I go back out again, right? But you know what I do when I go home? I can't stand still. Yeah. And I I was laughing because I'm like thinking about what you're saying going, that's exactly what I did. Like if I cannot sit down and watch TV, like, because remember, I'm at home. So here's what happens. I have this routine when I'm at home. When I'm at home, I go to bed. I wake up at 5 o'clock. I go to bed. I'm usually in bed at 8.30, 9 o'clock. So I'm actually physically sleeping by 10, okay? And I wake up at 5 in the morning. I jump on my Peloton or whatever it is, okay, for 30 minutes, okay? I check my email, get my work done because my wife is gone uh, at 8.30, okay, for her gym for two hours. She's gone. And I get my work done in two hours, what I need to do in business-wise. Then after that, um, here's, I'm literally, you know what I'm doing? I'm outside washing my cars. Yeah. I'm power washing my deck. I'm doing, you know, and my, even my mother and father-in-law are like, well, you're always out doing something. I'm like, yeah. I, I have no sense of accomplishment right. when I'm sitting on the couch yeah. watching TV in the middle of the day. Even yeah. though I deserve the right to right. do nothing because... I just spent 10 days straight working yeah. 10 hours a day, yeah. but I can't. And I'm the same way. I mean, I'm always going. And everyone's like, how do you do it? How do you do it? But this, is, this, not is, but this is why though, Sean, this is why it's because it's because what's, what causes us more, what causes us more pain, guess, tiredness. And okay. What, more pain. pain. What, what causes us more of that is the fact of having these things. What stresses us out more is like, again, you come home, you know, these tasks have to be done. Correct. That's going to stress you out, cause you more tiredness, yep. more it's like, yep. then exactly. Thing. Because again, we, we don't have these massive physically demanding jobs. We yep. have these mentally stressed yes. and it's the mental stuff. It's like having an unfinished list is what's going to stress us out funny. And, and cause yep. more, more, more tiredness, yep. more stress, yeah. more anxiety, yeah, more yeah. things on us. So again, Keeping us going isn't what's going to cause us, you know, mm-hmm. the tiredness and stuff like that, but having the unfinished things. Jillian's the exact same way, yeah. right? She can go and go and go and go, but it, but it, but it, it's having the things, like having things unfinished. Mm-hmm. For her, the biggest thing is cleanliness. If something is not out of place and unclean, she cannot chill and relax, Yeah, right? But it's like having everything kind of together, and it's the same thing. So it's like people who go and go and go and go, that mental stress or unfinished things is way more physically do you remember way more demanding on when you we were talking to the physical. people last night and I asked you this question and I always use this as the analogy when I talk to people I'm like how many hours a week do you work and they go you know well I work in my last job 40 50 hours a week mm-hmm. I'm like okay I said now think about me an executive of a company how many hours a week do you think I work Eric yes what do you think no idea no I, I have no idea no I swear to God, I, I could not tell you how many hours I work. I couldn't tell you. If I asked you how many hours you work, you have no idea. If you ask Jaylene how many hours a week, she, she has no idea. But normal people at jobs, they'll say, well, 40, 50 hours. Yeah. See, this is the difference between successful people and not successful people monetarily, by the way. Yeah. Okay? What happens is it's part of my life. 
What I do is part of me. It's part of my, it's my life. It's, it, it's the identity, right? Where this other guy works at this company, a very famous company, right? And he, believe it or not, he tries to identify it in his life. And you said something beautiful yesterday that I loved and that I will steal. Give you credit, course, but I will yeah. steal. And, um, but it was telling him that if he left his job, would you think that company shut down? <laughs> I said, oh, that's beautiful. The companies really don't generally care about you. They don't. Genuinely. Um, but, you know, it is, it's all our perception on things. Yeah. That's what this whole thing is. It's all about how you perceive things. Yeah. When I get home, I can't stand having things not exactly. completed. It doesn't make sense to me. And that stresses yeah. me out more than anything. And you will be, and if you, so if you were forced mm -hmm. to go home and not get your list done and not get those things done. If you were forced to yeah. leave the cars dirty, you were yeah. forced to leave the deck yeah. you know, dirty, yep. you were forced to leave things unfinished, you would be, all of a sudden, in a couple of days, you would be more tired, more exhausted, yeah, more because that's what's weighing, weighing you down. You. Yeah. So the person who comes home from work thinking it's the physical stress of their day, it's not. It's, not, it's the mental bullshit. Yeah. So by sitting down and, and thinking that yeah. you're watching TV yeah. to relax, you're thinking you're, you're causing your mind to calm down, you're not, you're creating more shit by watching TV, yep. thinking and you're not relaxing and not yep. getting your shit done because it's, it's it's the life around you that's causing more stress. So in episode, whatever that was, five or six, and there's actually a worksheet of doing what you said, Sean, actually keep track of what your day, and then and ask yourself at the end of the day, was today an activity day or was today an accomplishment day? I like that. And make sure, your girl is going to have activity days. You're going to, right? But if you can have more accomplishment days than activity days, Right, then you will genuinely get more shit done in your day and your life will improve and you will get more things done and your stress levels will come down. You will be less tired and things will happen. Absolutely. It'll Beautifully said. So. Beautifully said. Well, we're stretching the time out, bud. So thank you for doing this. this you is, bet, man. Uh, this, this has been, been awesome. This has been We've so had a much lot fun. of fun and I look forward to doing more of these with you again. And uh, I don't think I'm going to leave. I, I think I'm going to stay here and just do the podcast every day when I could just get... Paid. Every day, just the amount of money I get paid, keep going, and yeah, I mean, well, we'll blow this thing up worldwide. And then there you can, go. And then we that can, bonus is start rolling in, baby. That, right? So, thanks, man. Awesome. I appreciate this it. is episode sixteen of Dell's War Room. Eric talks too much, though. There we go.